Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're recapping February. month it was. It's crazy that it's already February because uh, it feels like we just recapped January but also like this short month throws me off. I don't really like it. I also don't like that all the bills are still due at their normal amount but I miss almost like a week of pay. Outrageous but not the point. So let's get started with my favorite story from this month. It's a scientific paper which is also my favorite. A real quick Kaylee thing, I have a bachelor's in cellular biology and my senior like capstone type class was just scientific papers. So basically each week we had to read a new paper and discuss to make sure we like knew how to read and process them. In my regular life now, I do not get to read these papers. So I love when I have the opportunity to do so with the podcast. Um, which is part of the reason why these little monthly recap episodes are so fun for me. One, I get to catch up on like what's going on in the world of bugs, but then two, I get to process these scientific papers, which just makes my heart happy. So the title of this one is Groups of Spiders Can Be Used as Environmentally Friendly Way to Protect Crops Against Agricultural Pests. Pausing just right there. We love this. I think I mentioned this during the wolf spider episode that I let little friends hang out because they're taking care of other buggies that I don't want in my house. Um, And then we move on to the summary that says, and I'm quoting, this is a direct quote from the paper. Groups of spiders could be used as an environmentally friendly way to protect crops against agricultural pests. That's according to new research, which suggests that web-building groups of spiders can eat a devastatingly pet... No, I said that wrong. Can eat a devastating pest moth of commercially important crops like tomatoes and potatoes worldwide. Okay, and again, I would like to refer back to the wolf spider episode. We learned that wolf spiders are doing this for cranberry bogs. I do recognize that wolf spiders are not web-building spiders, but still, same concept. So basically what the article says is that certain spiders can be brought into agricultural areas and eat moths that destroy crops to both save money and lower the use of potentially dangerous pesticides on things like our food. This is something that I talk a lot about here on the bug plug. Fewer pesticides need to be used to protect our ecosystem, not just the environment as a whole, but you know, You spray a pesticide to get rid of a moth. The moths aren't the only things affected by that pesticide. There are other bugs in the area that are very helpful that are gonna get killed. Um, Some pesticides will go up the food chain, so they'll affect the things like lizards, frogs, birds that eat the the bugs um, that have ingested the pesticide. And then you've basically affected your whole ecosystem by trying to get rid of one thing And it's not great. So I love the idea of using what we already have in the environment to take care of other environmental issues. Not that the moths in this case are issues. They're more of a human nuisance. 
Um, and I would like to pause and say another thing that we've talked about here on the bug plug is um, introducing non-native species. So in this, it feels like they're using native web building spiders. So things that already live in the area to take care of things that also live in the area. They're not bringing in, you know, crazy spiders that aren't from there that are just going to go wild and eat everything. They are doing it responsibly. Um, anyway, very excited to see the research is showing that it's possible to use, you know, the environment to help us, basically. And hopefully more companies and farmers can start using this practice, not only to save them money, because, I mean, you bring in the spiders once and they kind of take care of themselves versus like expensive pesticides. But then also you don't have to worry about it. Like you just release the spiders and move on with your life where a pesticide, you do have to continually maintain it. Um, and then without the cost and time on that, you know, maybe, maybe prices could lower on our produce. If you're in North America or most places in the world, food is still really expensive. It's driving me crazy. Not the point. We're on news. I'm going to take a drink real quick. Hold on. Okay. Second news story of the month. Not a great one. Basically, what it says is our environmentally protected areas are not protecting insects. So, what my chair is driving me crazy. So, take the United States' national parks, for example. These parks were made to preserve the natural beauty of the country and keep populations of native species. These pockets, according to the study, aren't enough to help insects. 75% of insects are not included in the protected areas worldwide. Now to break that down, there are so many insects all over the, all over the world. Just we know. Oh wait, SNL don't sue me. Am I allowed to quote SNL on here? That's one of my favorite bits. My husband and I still quote it to each other randomly. Um, anyway, so only 25% of insects are in a protected area, which sounds terrible, but that's still a decent number when you look at how many insects are out there, but clearly we could be helping bugs more. Again, just we know. Um, but the point of the protected areas isn't to protect insects in most cases. So it's not like they're failing. It's just that more could be done to protect and help native species thrive, whether it's, you know, large mammals or birds or reptiles or insects. So that's kind of the point of the article. Here comes a dog. I'm so sorry for the click clacking. She did get her nails trimmed recently, so it's not nearly as bad, but you can still hear it. Okay, the next article is about germs that affect ants. We haven't had like a straight up ant episode, so I'll go a little more in depth on this one just to give us all some backstory. So ants are social, and we can see this very clearly like in ant heels and how they are seen like marching in lines and helping each other bring food back to their colony. Similar to honeybees, they are living together in a big group with a queen and different jobs. One of these jobs, apparently, is taking care of the sick in the colony. I had no idea, but that could have been the whole article and I still would have been mind blown. But there's more, okay? 
So there are these little medical ants. Good, great for them, we love that. Apparently they are excellent at their job and have like hygiene practices and whatnot. They groom the sick family and essentially just wipe the germs right off. Wild. So pathogens that affect ants are having to mutate and adapt to overcome these practices in order to thrive. So the doctor ants are picking up on a chemical signal that's on their sick friends. And one fungi is thriving by lowering their chemical signal. Now the ants will have to adopt, you know, better um, sensing mechanisms or will fall ill more often. The whole story was a learning experience for me. And basically it was just pointing out that um, this one fungi is adapting to how ants are so hygienic which I didn't know that they were. Um, so, you know, future research will be interesting to see how the ants adapt to this. I think this episode is running a little long, but I do have two more news stories, and I promise to keep it quick or just, like, not ramble. I love to ramble. I might ramble. Sorry about that. Longer episode. Okay. Next is a article about bees. We love bees. A new gene was identified in honeybees that determines eye shape. I did not know males and females had different looking eyes, but this gene is the reason for it. And it opens honeybees up to all kinds of fascinating research as to like why this is genetically significant and what it means from an evolutionary standpoint. Very cool. See, I knocked that one out so quick. Finally, let's talk about mosquitoes. I think we talked about mosquitoes last month too. Anyway, there's more mosquito news this month. Here is the gist. Bioengineers and experts in tropical medicine have invented a new way of studying mosquito feeding behavior using technology instead of live volunteers. Did you know they were previously using live volunteers for mosquito studies? Because I had no idea. Apparently these live subjects make these studies very expensive and time consuming. Not to mention they sound awful. So some researchers at Rice University made synthetic skin that the mosquitoes can't tell is any different from human skin. The skin has tiny channels that can be filled with blood. And they also have new inexpensive cameras that record the data so humans don't have to do that part either. This technology can test everything from effectiveness of bug spray to the spread rate of deadly diseases. Very cool. I think that sort of technological advancement is incredible in studying things like this. So in this moment, I can't remember if we recap these episodes or not, but I feel like we don't, so I'll end here. Thank you so much for learning with me today. I'll see you next week here on the Bug Plug Podcast. The Bug Plug is written by Kaylee, researched by Kaylee, recorded by Kaylee, and edited by Kaylee. Our theme is from Fine Tune Music, and you can follow the Bug Plug at Bug Plug Pod on Instagram and TikTok, and you can email us by sending an email to bugplugpod at gmail.com.